When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Would you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. On Tuesday afternoon, I went into our preschool and I sat down on the floor of the yellow room with our preschoolers. In mere minutes, I would be walking with them into this sanctuary for their end-of-year performance and their graduation. But for the moment, we were sitting crisscross applesauce on the alphabet carpet. Some of the kids were visibly nervous with their knees tucked into their chests as they were rocking back and forth. Others were practicing the words to the songs under their breaths, and others... Well, they were just completely oblivious to what we were about to do, and instead they were making faces at one another and cackling from the depths of what they assumed was their own hilarity. When I got the signal from our director that the time had come for us to line up and come into this place, I bounced off the floor and I called for their attention. I said, my friends, who's ready to have some fun? To which they responded with a very loud and cacophonous, no! Well, I continued, before we go upstairs, I want everyone to take one deep breath and hold it, blow it out very slowly, and I want you all to know that no matter what happens, this is going to be great. It's going to be great because your families love you, because I love you, and because Jesus loves you. One by one, they lined up in the hallway based on their height, and just before we started to walk up the stairs, one of the boys grabbed me by the pant leg. But Pastor Taylor, I have a question. Figuring that he needed to use the bathroom or something, I got down on my knees and I said, Keller, what is it? He said, I know my parents love me because they're here. And Pastor Taylor, I know you love me because you're here. But where's Jesus? I said, come on, Keller. We're seconds away from the program starting. And you want to know where Jesus is? I don't have time for this theological nonsense. Of course I didn't say that. But in that moment, I thought to myself, how in the world to answer his question? What could possibly satisfy his longing and his curiosity? Where is Jesus? So I thought about taking one hand and putting it on Keller's shoulder and the other hand and and pointing at his chest and saying, Keller, Jesus is in our hearts. I thought about grabbing a nearby children's Bible to show him a picture of the ascension. But of course, children's Bibles only contain stories like Noah's Ark and Jonah and the Big Fish and an Easter Sunday that has more to do with the spring than it does with a dead man being raised back to life. And so I settled for this instead. Keller... I'll tell you where Jesus is when we're done with the performance. When the disciples came together, they asked Jesus, are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? After years of listening to parables, watching miracles, and being fed out of nowhere, after encountering their resurrected friend, they still didn't get it. And Jesus replied, friends, there are just some things you are not meant to know. But you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. 
And when he said this, the disciples watched as he ascended into the sky, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And two men in white came up, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand with your eyes in the sky? And so the disciples returned to Jerusalem, and they devoted themselves to prayer while they waited. The ascension is important. Sadly, however, it is one of the Sundays that gets lost in our liturgical year and is overshadowed by the likes of Pentecost and Christ the King Sunday. But this story of what took place 40 days after the first Easter, it answers our preschoolers' question about where Jesus is, but it also does so much more than that. The ascension is not just about where Jesus is, but about where Jesus rules. In the ascension, Jesus takes his place at the right hand of the Father and becomes the king who rules our lives here and now. In this spectacular moment, a vision that would have kept our eyes in the sky, God brings full circle the incarnation that started in Mary's womb. God became what we are, and as Jesus returned to the Father, the humanity of our existence was brought back to God. Far too often we use the story of the ascension to explain why Jesus isn't in our lives. We use it as the means by which we can calm the question of a preschooler. We use it to comfort those who are in the midst of suffering. But the ascension loses its beauty and majesty and power when we limit it to where Jesus is. When Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, he received the authority to rule here and now through a particular people called church. People like you and me. Today, we throw the word heaven around like we throw around the word love. Oh, I just love this cheeseburger. Oh, your coconut cream pie is heavenly. We use these words so often. That when we say that Jesus ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, we no longer know what we're saying. But in the ascension, Jesus is exalted to the oval office of the universe to rule forever and ever. And I use the oval office specifically because the oval office, it still means something to us. It embodies power and gravitas and even a little bit of fear. It's the place where things get done, where decisions are made that have an effect on our lives. It is where our leader rules. But of course, our real leader, our real Lord, doesn't live in a White House, nor does our leader work in an oval office made by the hands of mere mortals. No, our Lord is Jesus the Christ, who rules from the oval office of the universe. And just as we throw around the word heaven today without knowing what we are saying, the same thing happens when we talk about the mission of the church. Ask any good United Methodist what the mission is, and they will tell you that we are here to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The problem with that is the church is already the better place God has made in the world. I think it would seem then that perhaps the real mission of the church, particularly in the world that we live in today, is not to just make disciples to transform the world. No, we need to believe and reclaim the understanding that Jesus is Lord. Because we either live under that reality or we don't. After my brief theological conundrum in the basement, 
I walked up the stairs with the kids and we entered this sanctuary for our program. The kids stood on these steps attentively while I welcomed their families and friends. I I sat down and then they belted out their songs with such volume that it drowned out the sound system with the backing music. And then we came to our final song. It's really simple. It goes like this. I like to jump every day. I like to jump every day. I like to jump every day because I know he loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Yeah. 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 Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Yeah. 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 I like to jump every day because I know he loves me. And of course, I popped out behind the pulpit and I jumped with the kids up here in the chancel area. The second verse is how I like to clap every day. And so I clapped with the kids. The third verse is how we like to dance every day. So I boogied my little tail off up here with them. And while performing with the kids, I could hear the parents laughing. I could hear them clapping and some of them tapping their toes along with the rhythm. I made a fool of myself with the three and the four and the five-year-olds. And a couple people even videoed it and put it on the internet. But the thing that struck me the most wasn't how much of a fool I made of myself. It wasn't how the parents reacted. It's the fact that the three and the four and the five-year-olds really meant what they were singing. They threw every bit of themselves into the three verses of that song, and they jumped and they clapped and they danced with reckless abandon. After that last song, I was out of breath, so I had to wait a second, but I came back up here to the pulpit and I announced the graduates of our preschool, those who were going on to kindergarten in the fall. And then I prayed and dismissed everyone to go to the social hall for dinner. And when the families and children were milling about, I went to go find Keller to finish our conversation about the location of the Lord. I scanned through all the people that were here on Tuesday, and I thought about what I might say, what story I could tell, how I could make Jesus' location intelligible to a four-year-old when I felt another tug at my leg. Keller was standing right there with a huge smile on his face. I said, Keller, you just did such a great job. I'm so proud of you. And I I want to tell you about where Jesus is. And Keller said, well, I know where he is, Pastor Taylor. I said, okay, Keller, enlighten me. Where is Jesus? He said, I felt him up there when we were dancing. Our Christ is our king and rules and reigns over us. In the ascension, Jesus broke forth from the chains of being one of us into a freedom to rule with authority at the right hand of God. And we now are his witnesses in Stanton and Augusta County and to the ends of the earth. As Christians, we believe that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, but we also believe that Jesus Christ is with us in the midst of this strange and wonderful and beautiful thing we call church. Jesus makes himself manifest whenever we break bread, whenever we pass the peace, whenever we encounter the stranger, and even when we're dancing in the sanctuary. 
The story of the ascension is transformative for us as Christians because in it we recognize our inability to go it alone. The first disciples met together, traveled together, worked together, prayed together, wept together, rejoiced together, and they even danced together, all in Christ's name. And just like them, we need each other. We need each other's witness and support and challenge and care and love and grace to live into this thing we call the church. Jesus the Christ reigns from the oval office of the universe at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. But for as much as Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, Jesus is also with us. The resurrected Christ is the one who makes possible our resurrection. He is the one who brings reconciliation in our lives. He is the one who offers us a story when we have no story. He is the one who dances with us, who weeps with us, who rejoices with us. Jesus is the Lord. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.